0: But some of you will already have these words memorized. And for others, perhaps you'll simply want to listen and have these words prayed over you tonight. And we're encouraging you to share it with others. Tonight we hear the story of Evelyn Underhill, a teacher of the faith. Let us quiet our hearts before God. Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let us humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm this evening is Psalm 109, beginning at verse 21, on page 418 of the prayer book. O deliver me, for I am helpless and poor and my heart is wounded within me. I disappear like the shadow that lengthens, and am shaken off like a grasshopper. My knees are weak through fasting. My flesh has grown lean for want of nourishment. I have become a reproach to them. When they look on me, they shake their heads. Help me, O Lord my God, save me according to your mercy. And they shall know that this is your hand, and that you, O Lord, have done it. Though they curse, yet you bless. Let them be confounded who rise up against me, but let your servant rejoice. Let my adversaries be clothed with shame, and let them cover themselves with their own disgrace, as with a cloak. As for me, I will give thanks unto the Lord with my mouth, and praise him among the multitude. For he shall stand at the right hand of the poor to save their souls, from the unrighteous judges glory be to the father and to the son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end amen tonight I want to tell you a story about a woman named Evelyn born in 1875 the only child of a wealthy London family Evelyn's parents weren't particularly religious But at 16 years of age, Evelyn discovered both her vocation as a writer and her faith. She became a celebrated author, speaker, and retreat leader. In 1921, she became the first woman to lecture in religion at Oxford University. In 1926, she became the first woman to lead a diocesan retreat for priests in the Church of England. Of her writings, she's most famous for mysticism, which she wrote in 1911, which is a history of Christian mystics, those who were contemplative and sought after God through visions and prayer and fasting. And her thesis was that this contemplative life is available to all Christians, not just monastics and not just the saints of old. But she also wrote, a book called Worship in 1937, which has become a foundational text about theology of Christian worship. Her thesis within this book is that worship is one of the primary ways that God sanctifies us, that we are grown and changed and made more holy and like Jesus through worship. And it's interesting because we talk a lot about that when we vision cast here at Christ Church. We talk about how our ultimate goal is to be creating and sustaining and growing lifelong worshipers. Because it is as we worship that we live and move and have our being. The story I want to tell this evening is a story about worship, about how Evelyn found her home in the local church. Because though she was a committed Christian, for many years Evelyn felt adrift. She didn't have a church community of her own. She didn't have a tradition that she could call her own. And initially she was drawn to the Roman Catholic Church because of its history and the beauty and its emphasis on worship. But she was turned off the Roman Catholic Church by Pope Pius X's 1907 encyclical, Condemning Science. Evelyn became close friends with a man named Baron Friedrich von Hugel, who was a leading British Roman Catholic thinker. And it was von Hugel who suggested that Underhill's account of mysticism contributed to her feeling spiritually adrift. For von Hugel was concerned that Evelyn's faith was too disembodied and disconnected from everyday life. And so her good friend Von Hugel encouraged Underhill to come down to earth by spending two mornings a week working among the poor in the London slums. Evelyn would later write that it was in working in these slums with the poor that she understood for the first time the meaning of the Incarnation that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. See, this experience of working with the poor helped Evelyn find a spiritual home, a place. And it was ultimately her own native church, the Church of England. As she wrote in a personal letter in 1933 on choosing a church, she said, the whole question, of course, is not what attracts and what would help me, but where can I serve God best? And usually the answer to that is where he's put me. I must say, I know that feeling of searching for a tradition. For the years I was in seminary, I really struggled with was I called out of the Bible church where I met the Lord. And now this Anglican Episcopal church that I'd been brought into and found a home in. And I really struggled. Lord, is this really where you want me to serve in those early days in seminary? And finally, I landed like Evelyn with the answer, it matters that God has met me in this place, in this particular church with this particular people. This is where he's placed me. And therefore, the answer is, it seems this is where he's called me to serve. And that is proven true for the last 20 years. i got to say, when I look at monastic life that Evelyn was focused on in much of her writing and that contemplative life, there's three vows among many that monks often take. The commonly known ones are the vow of poverty and the vow of chastity. But the vow that I think we need to relearn again in our culture, especially our Christian subculture is the third vow of stability. The vow that a monk says, or a nun says, I will be stable in this place. God has rooted me here, planted me here, placed me here, and my vow is to stay. And in a world that is all about choice and option and new opportunity, the grass is always green or somewhere else, I think one of the greatest lessons we need to learn from Evelyn as the church, is what it means to dedicate ourselves, ordinary people like you and me, ordinary Christians, to a vow of stability. In the words of one of Eugene Peterson's famous books, that we practice a long obedience in the same direction. See, in our present age of options, Evelyn is reminding us that there's a call to learn to stay put, Yes, God will at times call us to different adventures in different places. But the norm is that we bloom where we're planted, that we stay, that we're stable, and that we honor God's sovereign choice of placing us where we are. This is the story of Evelyn, the story of an ordinary saint God empowered to impact her generation with the gospel. May her story inspire you and remind you that God is still in the business of empowering ordinary saints today. Let us confess we believe in the words of the Apostles' Creed, saying together, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. and take not your Holy Spirit from us. A Collect for Peace O God, the source of all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to your servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. A Collect for Aid Against Perils Lighten our darkness, we beseech you, O Lord, and by your great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A Night Prayer Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous. And all for your love's sake. Amen. I want to conclude this evening with a prayer that Evelyn Underhill wrote. A prayer to be refreshed by Christ's presence. O blessed Jesus Christ, who bids all who carry heavy burdens to come to Thee, refresh us with Thy presence and Thy power. Quiet our understandings and give ease to our hearts by bringing us close to things infinite and eternal. Open to us the mind of God, that in His light we may see light, And crown thy choice of us to be thy servants by making us springs of strength and joy to all whom we serve. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. This concludes this evening's podcast, and I'm glad you joined us for Praying with the Saints. If this prayer podcast has blessed you, we encourage you to subscribe at christchurchplano.org, and we encourage you to share this with your friends. I'm Father Paul Donison, and I'm looking forward to praying with you next time. Until then, I pray that you would have a peaceful night and a perfect rest.